Welcome to the Legally Sound Smart Business Show, your weekly look at legal news and questions in the business world. Here are your hosts, Nasser Pasha and Matt Stahl. All right, welcome to our podcast where we cover business in the news and add our legal twist. My name is Nasser Pasha. And I'm Matt Staub. I'm excited for today because we're going to start reading some books for the first time. I've, I don't think I've read a book all the way through in at least a fiction book all the way through in a long, long time. I was just telling somebody this story. It's probably more embarrassing, so I shouldn't tell it, but... That's okay. <laughs> many years ago, a long time ago, I was in an interview for a job and... One of the questions they asked me was... What was the last book you read? Well, I don't think it was necessary. I don't remember the exact question, but it was something along those lines. Or like, what book would you describe, use to describe, like, you know, whatever the position was. And I hadn't read a book in a while, so I just made something completely (laughs) up. Someone had told me about a book like a couple months ago, so I just said that book and then completely made up what the book was about. Just made up facts and everything. And the guy was was like, all right, good answer. That's that's a good answer. (laughs) He's like, yeah, I read that book too. I enjoyed it. And you guys, and you guys are both making up the story as if you guys have read it. <laughs> well, the, you know, that was for your pizza job, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's very important <laughs> to be well read at the pizzeria. Yeah. Well, I think you and I are probably the same in that we, we read so much, you know, either case law or statutes or practice guides or just blogs or just, I mean, we, there's a good amount of reading. And by the time I get done with all that, I don't really want to read a book. I'd rather just watch something and not have to make my eyes work as hard. Yeah. And, and even from an entertainment perspective, when I want to read for entertainment purposes, I don't want to read fiction. It's just, I want to learn, like read information, I suppose, I guess. I'm with you on that. Pretty much every good book turns into a movie or a TV show. So that's right. That, that, that's my, that's your screening process, right? <laughs> yeah. so that's, I'm not too concerned, but a lot of people are uh, pretty excited about this oyster, which I think I might've heard about this before, but I don't know. Essentially, they're calling themselves or they've been called the Netflix of books, which I guess a book can be just as easily binge read as it can a show on Netflix binge watched or, you know, a documentary, something like that. Is that that how you interpret that? Well, I I would say Netflix is the idea that it's kind of unlimited. And what's interesting about this model is that first, actually, Amazon has has its own unlimited subscription service. I think it's $10 a month or so. Yeah. But it's actually a little known fact that another company or another business model that's very similar to this was invented a long time ago before Oyster and Amazon was even around. And it was called the public library. And uh, <laughs> I knew you were going there before you finished it. I was hoping you, I was hoping you weren't. But I love how things just get reinvented. Obviously, the the nuance to this is that it's electronic. You know, you hear ebooks. You don't actually have to drive to the library, and they're not physical books. But uh, hey, uh, power to them. And you mentioned the Kindle part. This is different. Oyster is different because it's actually somehow got some sort of agreement with, I guess, the five biggest publishers. So it seems like it truly is an unlimited, all, all you can, not, I was going to say all you can eat, but that doesn't make sense. All you can read book arrangement. No, you're right. That's the big difference here is that the big five publishers and you guys have, I mean, probably didn't, haven't heard of these publishers. I mean, Hatchet and HarperCollins. I mean, these guys are in the publishing industry. These are the ones that pretty much control the industry. But what's interesting, the real story behind all this is the back workings behind Amazon and these publishers 
and why Amazon service, for example, unlimited service don't include books from these publishers because they're in this constant, they've been in this constant battle for the past couple of years. And I think they're going to continue to be with how Amazon prices their books. And so like, for example, they just settled, I think with Hatchet and now Harper Collins is, is making complaints and so forth with Amazon and their negotiations with that as well. I mean, that's, that's the real reason why Oyster and some of these other third parties are able to make this pretty big deal with these guys because right now, Amazon has pretty much a majority of the ebook market. And so they have, I think these publishers, big in their own name, feel that Amazon has too much negotiating power. Yeah, and it's interesting that Oyster was able to come in and make a deal with these, these big name top five or big five publishers. I assume these are the top five out there but like i said we made it pretty clear at the beginning of this we don't read that often so yeah who knows <laughs> so the interesting thing i was thinking about this is just it's on demand product or service but it's a little bit different here also because it's an all-inclusive like a well netflix isn't very it's it's inclusive but not all-inclusive because there's still quite a few things on netflix that are not available. So like any any newer movie for the most part is not going to be on there. And by newer, I think it's usually like, what, a couple years until a movie's on Netflix? There are some movies that go pretty quick to it. I know that, what's that one movie with when they went to North Korea, that whole controversy? That was different because that never got released. The interview? Yeah, the interview. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess that is different. <laughs> yeah, that got, that, like, got taken out of, or never got put in theater, so they just instantly put it up. But I mean, every year you see the the 10 movies that are nominated for uh, Oscars. <laughs> I believe it's called the Oscars. Yeah. None of them are ever available to watch. So you can never really see for yourself. I'm sorry, on Netflix, you can you can always, you know, they're always available on other other mediums. But yeah, well, I feel like they're not even available anywhere. It's like these movies that you've never heard of and that they're like in only in select theaters, too. So but that's a different issue. So all these companies, Oyster, Amazon, and even Netflix and Hulu, how they produce their content, they have to make these deals with these publishers. And from a business perspective, that is your content is, is what is going to excel in your industry. And just by having a wide selection, Oyster has been able to really come out pretty quickly. At the same time, they're also in the retail market, right? I mean, they're still selling these books a la carte or is that what that means i'm trying to figure out what, what they mean by they're in the retail market yes yeah, so they, they have a retail store oh okay some kind of brick and mortar that's interesting yeah they're, they're typical you know book subscription service like we were describing but they also added this retail store which i don't i mean to me it's not really even necessary but <laughs> but just to get back to this amazon and publisher fight so i think it was hatchet that they came to a deal with but I believe Hatchet's a public company, and so their revenues weren't that great. And one of the things that they cited was Amazon's punitive actions against them throughout the contract negotiations. And apparently what Amazon was doing was taking their book specifically and it all pre-orders for upcoming Hatchet titles, which is a, for the book industry pre-orders, I guess apparently on Amazon is a big way to boost sales and then also started taking away discounts, which basically translated to lesser sales because obviously if you take away the discounts, less people are going to buy. And so therefore there's gonna be less sales. And so that affected them. So this is just kind of giving you an idea of kind of the harsh business tactics that were going on between Amazon and, and this particular publisher. 
And I did want to clarify one thing too. It's not a, you said, I think you said brick and mortar. It's not, it's still an online store. Oh, okay. Cause I don't know if there's any even brick and mortar bookstores that even exist anymore at this point, or it's gotta be very low. If it's brick and mortar and they're still selling eBooks, that would be even stranger. I wonder if public libraries will ever, they probably already start having access to eBooks or I wonder how that would work. Well, what's interesting about that is I remember Google was basically scanning as many books as possible, like basically everything. We covered it, right? There was a whole issue about it. I think it was last year, beginning of last year in 2014, where there was copyright infringement issues and and Google had their fair use kind of perspective and, and they were making the analogy of a public library. And it is interesting that, okay, all of a sudden, since I could go to the go to the public library and get a new title that's out, a lot of times they get those fresh titles, borrow it, read it, and return it, and not pay anything. Yet now, since it's online, all of a sudden, that's not allowed unless I pay for it, which is kind of strange. Well, that was pretty interesting. What, I don't know whatever ended up even happening with that. Did they, because I still see the Google books that are out there, so... I think there was a legal settlement. I think we covered it. In fact, I'm searching it right now. The Google book search settlement agreement was proposed settlement agreement between the Authors Guild and Google. The settlement was initially proposed. The ultimate, oh, it was rejected. So in, in late 2013, the president presiding U.S. Circuit judge dismissed the case against Google. So from a business perspective, the the model of this all-inclusive model or where, you know whatever you want to call it, I mean, Obviously, will vary business to business, but do you think it's a viable way for some businesses to survive? From a perspective of the contracts that they have with these publishers, I'm I'm not even saying just in the the book industry. Just you know, other other businesses that are looking to try to possibly do this. Maybe they sign people up for a one year arrangement where they pay you know ten dollars a month or nine ninety nine a month over twelve months and something as opposed to them coming in one time and paying you know fifteen dollars. Well, I think the subscription model for everything has just become, I mean, that has become the standard for services now. I mean, that if you think about it, everything from cell phones to Netflix to any kind of online services, whether it's, I'm just trying to think, I mean, how, if, if I go through my credit card, how many recurring bills and subscription fees that I pay is almost hard to keep track, you know? And a lot of times they're small. It's like $5, $10 here. Like for example, we we pay $5 just for tracking our podcast statistics a month, you know? It's cheap, but it's $5. And then there's another $15 for some kind of email tool that I use. Then you have Netflix and all that. And And I think there used to be before when you were buying software once or entering to kind of some kind of long-term service plan, which had a year contract and so forth. People don't like that inflexibility of that. And so it becomes a trend. And now the only danger is that, you know, with Oyster and these other companies, I think the most important thing is, is the contracts that you have with these publishers. And for example, you have other companies that sell games on a Netflix model. You have you have obviously books, movies, TV shows, and things like that. And it's all going to be dependent upon what kind of agreements that you can have with your publishers to make sure you have good content. I think that answered my question. Well, that's what I'm here for, to serve. Uh, all right, well. But I'm looking at this Google lawsuit again. It looks like this, so the case <laughs> got dismissed. I'm, I'm, I, I wish we would have researched it before, but so the case got dismissed, and which was a huge win for Google, and they were able to continue to expand their library. And so far, that's 
pretty much what they're doing. I don't, I don't think they're actually publishing every word, but being able to search these books is still available, I believe. There you have it. There you have it. So uh, let's follow Oyster Unlimited. I'm, I'll think about actually uh, 9.99. I think is is the monthly model. So that's where it starts, I believe. I don't know if I'd use it. Yeah, that's the only thing. I don't know if I'd use it, but I wonder if it's named with the the world is your oyster. I wonder if that's where their name came from. Yeah, I can't think of any other idiom with oyster. <laughs> but yeah, that's probably it. All right. Well, thanks for joining us, everyone, and don't forget to leave a positive review on iTunes. Keep it sound. Keep it smart. This has been the Legally Sound Smart Business Show with your hosts, Nasser Pasha and Matt Stop. The Legally Sound Smart Business Show is your weekly look at legal news and questions in the business world. Legally Sound Smart Business is a podcast that is intended but not promised or guaranteed to be current, complete, or up-to-date, and should in no way be taken as an indication of future results. No attorney-client relationship is created by listening or submitting questions to the podcast, The podcast does not constitute legal advice, but rather is offered only for general informational and educational purposes. You should not act or rely on any information in the podcast without first seeking the advice of an attorney. The opinions expressed in the podcast reflect the views of those individuals and do not necessarily represent the views of any other individual or business. For more information about the Legally Sound Smart Business Show, visit LegallySoundSmartBusiness.com.